Hey, good morning. It's Pastor Randy here with Made Free Church. I hope you guys are having a great morning. What a blessing. Good morning, Amanda Joe. How are you? It's good to see you here. Hey, uh, listen, man, what a great morning this was, man. You know, I got up and and uh, just went right into just worshiping God. Then Pastor Happy came in at five and Richie and then Taylor came in. What a blessing. And then Pastor Chad called and uh, he calls every morning at 530 to pray. And and what a, it's just a blessing that, uh, you know, I have these guys, you know, come in every morning, call and stuff like that because... You know, when we get before God in the morning, man, it's just an amazing, amazing thing. And just put him first, you know, and uh, what a blessing, what a blessing. You know, I got some things coming up, guys, that uh, uh, next week I'm going to start sharing a little bit about what's going on in my life and, and a beautiful woman that has come into my life and and what's happening there. And it's just been amazing. It's just God is, is just moving things in such a a great direction that, um, you know, it's just been a blessing, you know what I mean? And, uh, so guys, you know, um, you know, and I put that out there because, you know, um, I'm off the market, you know what I mean? Uh, Pastor Randy is, uh, got a girlfriend, you know what I mean? And, uh, it, what, what a, what a great thing that is, you know what I mean? That, um, that God has placed a, a godly woman in my life that loves God and, it's just amazing to see, and, and I'll, I'll announce who she is later, uh, probably in the next few days, you know, after I have a discussion with her about it, um, but uh, uh, but what an amazing thing, man, you know, that God put, uh, put us together. Uh, so today, we're going to be talking about, do not, uh, be not afraid, we're going to be on Mark uh, chapter 6, verse 45 through 52, and um and uh, just a, a, I'm gonna have a couple of one announcement is is that guys, if you guys need prayer, go to madefreechurch.org. We have a whole intercessory prayer team that will basically um, uh, that you know we we pray over your prayer request every day, and so that, and, and if you guys want us to call you on one of our 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 pastors or one of our intercessory prayer team. Guys, please, please believe your phone number, but we can only call in the confines of the United States. And so if you're in Canada, across the pond in Europe and England, or if you're in Mexico, we can't call you. So just leave your prayer request in the box and we'll make sure that these, that our team gets it and we pray over it. Um, so uh, let's get into this, man. I mean, what an amazing thing that we have uh, in, in God's authoritative word. You know what I mean? So... Uh, open up your word to, to, uh, Mark six forty five through 52. Let's get in some prayer. Heavenly father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for the opportunity. Lord, get me out of the way and let your word and your message go forward. We love you. We worship you and we praise you in Jesus name. Amen. 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 And, uh, let's get into this, man. I mean, we're going to be, this is, uh, you know, do not be, but this, we're going to be talking about you know, Jesus walking on water and, and, and how, you know, uh, the disciples took that and stuff like that. So we're, that's what we're going to be talking about today. And then we're going to be talking about some applications and stuff for us that we can use, uh, uh, that, that, that we can use in this message, right? So um, open up your word and, and let's get to it. So, uh, and we're going to start in verse 45 and it says this, and immediately... Jesus uh, made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him uh, 
on the other side of Bashida, and while himself was sending uh, was sending the crowd away. And after bidding them farewell, he left for the mountain to pray. And it was evening, and the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. And seeing them straining out the oars, uh, for the wind against the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea, and he was intending to pass them by. But when he saw them, when when, he, when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought he was a ghost and cried out for. They all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke uh, with them and said, Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. And he got into the boat and the wind stopped and they were utterly amazed for they had not gained insight about the loaves, but their heart was hardened. See, first we see Jesus, pr Jesus praying on the mountain in verses 45 and 47. It says this, it says, and immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side of Bathsheba, while he himself was sending the crowd away. And after bidding them farewell, he left for the mountain to pray. And when he was, when it was evening, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. Immediately after the uh, feeding the five thousand, Jesus, Mark tells us that Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the ship and go onto the other side of Galilee. The Greek word translated constraint implies urgency. Why the hurry? Well, the answer is given us, uh, given to us in John's version of the story where we read in John 6, 14 through 15, it says, therefore, when he saw the, when the people saw the sign of which he had done, they were saying, this is truly the prophet who is to come into the world. So Jesus, knowing that they were going to come and take him by force to uh, make him king, withdrew again to the mountain by himself alone. So you see that the crowd right there was inflamed with you know messianic fervor and wanted uh, for Jesus to take Israel back from the Romans by force. With Jesus as the Messiah king, this was, was not God's plans for Jesus' first advent. And so he, he wanted the disciples away, lest the, the, the Jewish zealots infected the disciples or tried to confuse them. However, rather than accompanying Jesus, Jesus stayed behind to pray on a mountain. Certainly, he had a lot to pray for, you know what I mean, for his ministry expanding. A physical strain was showing through the whole ministry team. Also, the disciples needed uh, a lot of prayer for their dullness and grasping spiritual truth. And while he was praying over these things, he knew that they were in the middle of the lake or sea uh, with a storm coming on. And, and next we see Jesus walking on water in verses 48 through 15. It says this, And seeing them straining with the oars, for the wind was against them, at fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea and he was intending to pass by them. But when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out for they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and says, take courage. It is I do not be afraid. Verse 48 says they saw him straining out the oars or toiling out the oars in some other versions, right? Did, did Jesus see the disciples, uh, 
did Jesus see the disciples so far out in his human eyes? Or was it the manifestation of his deity? The gospel writers don't tell us, but we know that somehow Jesus saw them. Halfway out on the sea, uh, a howling wind came from the northeast, or, and, and, and any sailor uh, would know that you take down the sails in such a windstorm, or your boat will be blown over and it will be overturned. So they took out their oars and began rowing. In verse 48, it says that they were toiling at the oars. The word translated uh, toiling literally means to torment. Uh, yet, despite their toilsome efforts, they found themselves further away rather than closer to the shore. Seeing them in this miserable situation, Jesus looks from the mountain on his disciples with the same compassion he had when he saw the hungry multitudes in verse 34. So he came to them walking on water. Skeptics, you know, they, they, they've scoffed at this story since it obviously defies the law of nature. But believers have no problem believing it, that if Jesus were God, and as he said he was, and the Bible teaches that he was, then the one who created the land of the seas and this whole world without they have a they don't have a problem with him walking on water when the disciples saw Jesus walking on water they did not recognize him they thought that they were seeing a ghost or it, it, and it scared them so mark uh, so so much that mark tells us they cried out and in verse 49 and 50 they were terrified but then Jesus spoke to them. Instantly, his voice calmed their fears. Jesus says, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. Or be of good cheer. Literally means take heart or take courage. Why? Because Jesus says, it is I. It was the Lord. Now all is well. Now, if the Lord was there, what was there to fear? Last, we see in verses uh, 51 through 52, we see Jesus calming the storm. Um, and it says this, and then he got into the boat with them and the wind stopped and they were utterly amazed for they had not gained any insight about the loaves, but their heart was hardened. As soon as Jesus got in the boat, the wind ceased. It, 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 this caused them to be utterly astounded at the revelation of Jesus' presence of power. Mark concludes in uh, verse 52 that that reason uh, they were so astounded as they did not understand about the miracle of the loaves for their hearts were hardened. Uh, let me check streams here. All right, we're still good. Awesome. See, they should have been, they should have not been astounded. If you think about it, they had, they, had they not witnessed Jesus multiply a boy's picnic lunch into a banquet of 5,000? And that's not even including women and children. Why should they be astounded that Jesus could walk on water? Why should they be amazed that Jesus could calm the winds and the waves? Especially since he had done it before. What was wrong with these people for crying out loud? Mark tells us that it's because of their heart was hardened. This was not hardness of sin in their hearts, but rather a hardened view of Christ as a military deliverer they wanted, rather than a suffering God Savior who came to suffer and die for our sin. 
The word harden indicates dullness, void of understanding of Christ's true deity as God, despite one miracle after another that, uh, that, that attested to it. Their slowness to figure things out is constant theme in Mark. They loved Jesus, but they didn't just get who he was yet. They were slow in learning. You know, as we... As we think about today's story in the gospel, Mark, I want us to think about some of the things in this passage that teaches us about our fears when we're going through difficult times like the disciples did. They were in an awful windstorm that could capsize their vessel. They were toiling away, doing all that they could to save themselves, and they went through a fearful experience. What can we do when it seems like the vessel of our lives are about to go under, when we're doing everything in our power to alleviate the situation and we're beset by fears. First, remember that Jesus prays for you during stormy, fearful times in, your, in our lives. Disciples, the disciples could not see Jesus, but Jesus could see the disciples. And, and when we're going, when you're going through storms and adversity, it's, it's, it's easy to say, God, where are you? Be assured that Jesus is there with you, for he has promised in Matthew 8, 28, 20. And lo, I am always, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. Be assured that Jesus cares for you. The psalmist tells us in Psalms 139, 17, how precious are your thoughts of me, O God. How vast is the sum of them. There are over 7 billion people on this planet and God is constantly thinking about you and me and his people. That is a blessing you all should know and understand. So if that's so, why would Jesus allow us to go through the times of testing and, 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 and stuff? Jesus doesn't pray that we don't have to go through trials. He prays us Praise for us so we can endure the storms. There's an interesting conversation in Luke 21, 13 between Peter and Jesus. And it, it was the night before the crucifixion and Peter had bragged that though all the others might forsake Jesus, that he never would. And Jesus says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan, Satan has sifted you all like wheat. Years ago, before wheat, flour was highly refined a sifter was used to trap lumps and imperfections and allow the light pure flour to go fall through Jesus said Satan wanted to sift Peter bring out the imperfections but the very next verse uh, Jesus said but I have prayed for you that your faith would not fail and when you have returned to me strengthen your brethren the night, that night around the campfire, Peter's faith faltered, but it did not fail because Peter repented with tears and rejoined the disciples. You might be thinking, man, I wish, I wish Jesus would pay, pray for me. Well, let me tell you something. He is. Hebrews 7, 25 says, therefore, um, it is, therefore he is able also to save whoever those who draw near to God through him since he is since he always lives to make intercession for them so 
God will allow us to go through some difficult struggles and trials. But he's thinking about us. He's watching over us. He's praying for us. The second thing in the passage teaches us that Jesus will comfort you through your trials and storms. Jesus walks into the middle of our greatest fears and says, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. Jesus brings comfort to us in our worst storms in life. Alicia Hoffman spent his life as a pastor in Pennsylvania. Once he was visiting a lady going through a, a real deep trial of an affliction, she cried, oh, what shall I do? What shall I do? And her face brightened. She said, I must tell Jesus. On his way home, the words of this woman came to this pastor's mind. And that night he wrote that comforting song, I must tell Jesus. A wonderful song that some of you grew up with. Here's the lyrics, some of the lyrics to that song. I must tell Jesus of my trials. I cannot bear the burdens alone. In my distress, he kindly will help me. He, ne he ever loves and cares for his own. Tempted and tried, I need a great savior. One who can help me, help, one who can help my burdens to bear. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus. All, care, all my cares and sorrows will share. Tell Jesus when you're in the windstorm that's blowing all blowing you about. That's what the disciples of John the Baptist did when the tragedy struck and they lost their dynamic teacher. We read in Matthew 14, 10 through 20, when Herod sent and John and beheaded John in prison, and his head was brought to the platter and given to the girl, and she brought it to her mother. And his disciples came, took the bodies and buried it. Now, note the last words, and went and told Jesus. In their worst storms of their life, the disciples of John brought their burdens to Jesus. It's true that, that Christian brothers and sisters can often be the source of the great comfort and encouragement when they're going through the storms. But usually all people want to do is vent. And the poor listeners get overwhelmed not knowing what to say or how to help. As good as it is to have someone to pour our sorrows out to, it's possible to become too dependent on other believers to comfort and strength. Many, when going through the storm, immediately think, I got to tell someone. But I believe God wants us to come to a place in our lives where we feel like the lady who said, I must tell Jesus. God wants us to bring us to the place in our lives where we see how much we need him. We, uh, and where we go to him for comfort and support and consolation and strength. If you cultivate a habit of first going to Jesus in his word and in prayer for comfort and solace, you'll find many times that he is really all you need. When you go through the storm, remember that Jesus will comfort you if you let him. Last thing, last thing I want you to think about in this, in this, any problem over your head is already under his feet. You may not fear drowning in the water. You may fear poor health. It's under his feet. You may fear financial loss. It's under his feet. Whatever threatens you to be over your head is already under his feet.
God placed everything under the feet of Jesus. And Ephesians 1, 20-22 says this, which he worked in, in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set his own set it set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality, power, and might and dominion, and put all things under his feet. You say, well, that's nice, but I'm in the middle of uh, a middle of, of a mess. Actually, spiritually speaking, we share the same perspective uh, Jesus has in Ephesians 2, 2, verse 6. And he raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Where am I right now? Physically sitting here at Olive Branch Ministries, men's home in my trailer. But spiritually... I am seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. And Paul uses the phrase in Christ over 70 times in the New Testament. Christ in me speaks of power, but in Christ speaks of position. I can either look at my problems from a perspective of down here and they look big and scary in, 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 from this perspective, or I can look at my problems from his perspective, where they look tiny and minor, you have the same choice. I read uh, this week about a small plane who was flying uh, to a country town airport, and he looked on the highway, and along there was an 18-wheeler truck carrying a load of logs going real slow. He could see the little car behind the 18-wheeler wanting to pass. It, it pulled out, and then it would swerve back into the lane without passing. The pilot looked ahead, uh, looked up ahead of the highway and saw there was nothing coming for at least a mile. And if there was some way that he could, t that he, he could have told the driver, hey, you don't have to be afraid, nothing's coming, you can safely pass the truck. But it looked very different to the driver in the little car behind the load of logs. The pilot had a totally different perspective. And how many times would we look at our fears and problems differently if we could see them from a perspective above? Well, how do we get God's perspective? I mean, I realize that getting God's perspective is easier said than done. But I know a few things about the Christian life, and one of them is this. True wisdom comes from God and the way we discover his wisdom is in his word. God, in God's word, we learn who God really is instead of the caricature that we have created in our own minds. In God's word, we discover how God works in people's lives and how he rewards and disciplines us. In God's word, we learn the reasons for trials and the tools that we use to endure them with the, the, the perseverance and faith. And it's in God's word that God shines the light of his holiness to purge out our sin. And the spiritual dullness and the lethargy and our waywardness and our willfulness. As we seek to know God in his ways we can begin to look at life from God's perspective. The lesson then is to get into God's word when you're going through a storm and seek God 
until he gets you through it. When I was a child living in California, I, I remember a trip that we took up north. My mom and dad and, and you know, all us kids, you know, were in the same room because we were, we were poor as church mice, really. Um, but my mom set up blankets just for us to sleep on the floor on the opposite side of, of the bed where, where the door was. And just as I was about to go to sleep, I saw my dad sit up in bed. Then I heard someone at the door quietly trying to turn the doorknob. And after a second, I saw a shadow across the window and as someone walked away. And my dad didn't move, but he was watching and listening. And after a few moments, he laid back down and went to sleep. And secure that dad was calm, so did I. And you know, if, if I was a child that had been in that room alone, that would have been a frightening experience. But because of my dad was there with me and, and he was paying attention to the problem, I wasn't afraid. The next day he said someone tried, uh, just tried the door to see if it was long, so he left. In this scary world that we live in, but he who watches over us neither slumbers or sleeps. He loves you and he, and he has told you not to be afraid. Whatever threatens you to be, uh, to be over your head is already under his feet. And we are seated with Christ in heavenly realms. When you recognize these truths, you're able to see your problems in God's perspective. Jesus said in John 16, these things that I have spoken to you, that in me, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. That is something major, that he has overcome the world. So when we look at things in God's perspective and not looking you know, from our own perspective and see how big everything is, that's put, he's put it under his feet. You know, I'm going through something, you know, I, I started working, you know, at a treatment facility and I was very excited. And it was going to be on the graveyard shift, but something happened with my licensing. So yesterday I was a little bit stressed out, you know what I mean? I was like, oh man, you know, how, how, how is this going to happen? And then I remembered, take heart, don't be afraid. He's got it handled. And that gave me such peace that I just sat there and I said, you know what, God, you're right. You're absolutely right. And and today I sit, I woke up this morning and, I, and I, not a worry because I know all that situation that I went through yesterday is under his feet. He's already, it, it's already handled. He's got something better for me. He's got, maybe, maybe it's moving. Maybe it's doing this, maybe it's doing that, but he's got something better for me. And he's got something better for you. We just need to take heart and just do the footwork. You know what I mean? And just understand that he's in control of everything. That's the greatest thing that you could think about looking at stuff in God's perspective. You know what I mean? Is understanding that he's in control. He's maneuvering. He's shaking. He's he's moving, maneuvering people to set to set his pieces up so when the day ends, we just go up. But we need to be desperately dependent on God. We need to, to go to Jesus for everything. We need to be desperately dependent 
on Jesus. We need to make sure that we're in worship and in prayer. You know what I mean? And we need to make sure these things. Because if we don't, we get prideful. We get egotistical. We get all that. And that's not in a good place for someone to be. See, if we're humble and we look at things in a different perspective, it, it's, it's, it's amazing how things, how things happen. You know what I mean? And, uh, and just to love God with all your heart, mind, and soul and love your neighbor as yourself. Man, what an amazing, amazing thing. So guys, I have a couple more announcements before I, before I go. Um, oops. Let's see. Uh, guys, please pray for the pastors and staff here at Olive Branch Ministries and Olive Branch Men's Home. And pray for the men that's here too. They really need your prayers. We as pastors and deacons and the overseers here, man, we, we need your prayers as well. So please pray for us. Pray for the men here who are struggling to have a real relationship with Christ. And guys, please pray for our church in, in Uganda. You know, there's a lot of things going on uh, in Uganda right now. And, and uh, you know, I've been talking to Pastor Henry a little bit. And there's, there's some craziness going on over there. So please pray for our church there. And guys, if you would like to support Made Free Church, um, you can give, uh, you can go to our website and we have a giving tab right there. And, uh, you know, it's a good way to give. We're a 501c3. There's three ways you can give through our Cash App or PayPal link, or you can send a check or money order to the address that's provided on the website. And, um, guys, we do need your support, you know, um, but we're, if you guys don't support, we're going to do this. We're going to continue to do this anyway. But, uh, you know, uh, we're all, we're, we're all, we're, we're in the midst right now of actually opening our own church on Whittier. Um, Pastor Dave is, is looking into that. So we're actually going to have a place to go and worship and stuff like that. And then, uh, you know, that I'm going to be going out planning churches, you know, in, in Louisiana and South Carolina, probably Mississippi and Illinois, who knows, um, but you know, hopefully that will happen, but it's in God's thing. So, um, yeah. So guys, check out my bros at 120 army, go download that app, get a part of being a part of that, that 120 army. You can find it on your, you know, uh, you can find them on Facebook. You can find them on YouTube. You can download the app off your Google play store or your, uh, your iOS uh, app store your iPhone app store and just get involved. These guys are our bros. We love them, um, you know, and stuff. And if you guys like to find out a little bit more about me, you can go to reformpastor.me. That's reformedpastor.me. And uh, guys, thank you for watching. God bless you. And uh, we just, you know, it's just amazing that the people that are going to be watching and the people that are watching now, God bless you guys. And thank you for watching. And uh, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for this opportunity that we can just be a part of what you're doing. We love you. We worship you. We just ask that the people that are watching, people that are going to be watching later, that you just bless them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys have a great day. God bless you. And we will see you and talk to you guys tomorrow. I'll be on at 7 a.m. And we're going to continue in our Mark series. And... Uh, yeah, so God bless you guys, okay?